This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. If you're listening to us, we can be heard on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and of course, Podbean.com. We are coming at you now with a brand new episode, 51. If you didn't catch episode 50, it was a good one. Make sure you go check it out. We are back in action, picking up on some of the latest off-season news. We're coming out of the tail end of free agency. Of course, we've talked plenty of times about what the Bucks have done and what they haven't done in free agency. We've gotten a lot of mixed reactions from fans, but either way, it's done, and we just have to look forward to what's in front of us, and that's the NFL Draft. We're a few weeks out, and uh, I'm getting excited. So if you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. Evan, how you feeling, man? It's uh, it's getting exciting for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're getting closer and closer to the draft, so best time of year. Oh, yeah, it's getting surreal, man. Once April gets underway, you kind of realize just how close we are. I think we're, I think right about now, we're, what, a month out? The draft uh, is April? A little bit less than a month. When's First the... round is April 25th. Okay. All right, so like granted a few days but either way the draft is coming up and that's really you know when you get the best idea of what version of this Bucks team you're going to be looking at because right now uh, we have a general idea of who's going to stick around there's some question marks which we'll jump into a little bit later but we've got a pretty solid general idea of who's going to be in red and pewter next year and then the draft of course just kind of ties things all together and uh, what positions you're going to get help with with some of these phenomenal rookies that can be found uh, hopefully they can pick up a few gems in the later rounds of, you know, they've managed to do that before, Chris Godwin being one of them, of course. Uh, so, yeah, man, <laughs> business is starting to pick up. And as I mentioned earlier, we are on the tail end of free agency. So I kind of wanted to recap and uh, and kind of just remind everyone what the Bucks were trying to do this free agency. I'm sure you've heard it, whether it's through here on the show or any other Bucks news outlet. Uh, the Bucks were in cap space hell this year. I mean, you were averaging less than $10 million at a time with a lot of the players you had moving around. Of course, with every release or trade, you open up some cap space, but that immediately goes back into whoever you're trying to sign. So the Bucks didn't really have room for a big-name splash signing. We said that was going to happen. That's ultimately how it played out. And uh, here we are past free agency, I mean, we still got some time left. There are still some moves to be made and um, some pending contracts as well. We'll talk about that. But the Bucks played it smart, and this team showed us that uh, they're going to build through the draft. This free agency didn't exactly go the way a lot of people wanted it to, um, but the Bucks played it smart with a lot of short-term, cheap deals on depth talent. Uh, a couple guys like Shaq Barrett, Brashad Perryman, uh, Dayon Buchanan, I think those are some guys who will have some upside here in Tampa. Uh, you might put Kentrell Bryce on that list, but personally, I don't think he'll see the field enough. Um, 
but I mean, these signings they brought in, I'm not expecting any of them to be stars, man. And if I can be honest, half of them probably won't be here next year, but the Bucks played it smart and went after depth. All the depth pieces signed, mostly former Arians guys, which means it'll be easier to work them into the system. Some of them are already familiar with how it operates. And, um, you know, a great point that I think you brought up on Twitter one time uh, was that you look at that Super Bowl team the Bucks built. They, they built that through the draft. That's just the Bucks are building through the draft. They want to find their talent and they want to groom them to be the next generation of Tampa Bay Buccaneers that can hopefully bring us a championship if and when that time comes. Um, but free agency, they, they definitely played it as smart as they could here. Yeah, and I mean, you know, this is dating back to to the days when the Bucks were good, you know. Um, back in, in the, the late 90s and early 2000s, they weren't big players in free agency, you know. You had, um, of course, your Simeon Rice. That was, that was a splash signing. Uh, Brad Johnson, that was a splash signing, trading for Keyshawn Johnson. But other than that, you know, you look at Keenan Cardell, okay, semi-splash. Uh, but then, you know, one of the biggest guys, one of the biggest factors they won that Super Bowl was Joe Jarvicious. And he was a just a guy who was, was signed to a, a small contract. He wasn't a huge name, but you knew what he could do. He was a slot receiver that was going to be able to basically almost be in that Adam Humphreys role, right? Um, so... You know, and I, I understand the fans' frustration, and I, I think I have a sort of have a theory on this. I don't think the fans are frustrated so much that they didn't go after or get any big names. I think they're frustrated that they lost Quan Alexander and Adam Humphreys and didn't sign any big names. Right. If, if the Bucks still had Quan Alexander, Adam Humphreys under contract, and had this free agency, I think you would see a lot of a lot less people complaining. But since you know, it seems like you're getting worse and worse. You know, you lost two good players, two fan favorites, and you didn't sign any other stars. Fans are you know thinking that you know you're you're just worse. You know, so um, I, I that's my little theory on, on why exactly. Like they're not exactly angry that they didn't get any stars. I think they're more angry that they lost two two valuable pieces. Right. And, I mean, you look at Quan Alexander's situation in particular. I remember we had mentioned here on the show weeks ago, this is going to be a decision where, at the time, it looked like it was going to come down to Gerald McCoy or Quan Alexander because he can't pay them both. Of course, Gerald McCoy, he's a guy that makes $13 million a year. Quan was wanting 10 plus, and he found that in San Francisco. Good for him. But... And they Bucks didn't have, more than Gerald. Bucks didn't have that kind of money. And um, mm-hmm. and now here we are. Uh, I was going to wait until a little later in the show to bring this up, but Gerald McCoy has almost become a bit of a question mark himself. So for a lot of fans to lose not only Adam Humphreys, Quan Alexander, but now the guy that you kept around because you couldn't afford Quan Alexander and Gerald McCoy, that's in a weird position there. But, of course, with Gerald McCoy, I feel like that's, ultimately going to come down to the draft. I don't know if the Bucks are going to find something trade partner-wise until the day of the draft. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Because um, I think it's going to depend on who's on that board come number five. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, when the, when the GM and coach talk about uh, a so-called you know star player, the way they talked about Gerald McCoy, that doesn't sound like a guy that... Uh, 
I'm just saying, Gerald McCoy, the way they speak of him, it doesn't sound like a guy that's going to be here, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bruce Arians has said, you know, hey, he's a great player, but he's not as disruptive as he was four years ago. That's that's like a shot at him, right? Um, that wow. means that he, you know, he doesn't think he's as good, and I think it's going to come down to, it, it, you know, they're not going to restructure Gerald McCoy because what happens if you restructure it is it turns into guaranteed money next season, and then you definitely you can't get rid of him next season, even right. if you want to. Right. It's and either Gerald McCoy will take a pay cut or Gerald McCoy will be traded or released. That, that's what it's going to be. Well, and here's something, too. Uh, the Bruce Arians quote, <laughs> basically, it, it's pretty blunt. Uh, he, he said, you know, when it comes to Gerald McCoy, I have to evaluate him. Uh, the guys at a certain age where it's different, usually the age where they get paid the most, and in this case we're talking about $13 million, uh, the production on the field just doesn't match. So we've got to figure that out. Um, he continued, you know, and, and he said it's very hard because we can't get in his pads. You can still see his enthusiasm for the game. Um, if he still has all that, then I'm fine. As a coach, I coach who I've got. I coach the guys who were there. And basically the way B.A. put it, when – Addressed on Gerald McCoy, he said, "Oh, we'll have to we'll have to see if he's here." <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and, and I I have to evaluate him. No, Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians yeah, have you, already evaluated this you, entire. You offense. can't you can't tell me he doesn't have a general idea of what he's going to be dealing with. He basically on this said he basically said it. I mean, he literally said he's not as disruptive. How would you know that if you weren't watching? You know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, uh, He's just trying to say all the right things, not trying to give away too much, I'm oh, sure. They're, they're, it's just like Deshaun Jackson. They're trying to find a trade partner, really. I, I don't know I, I don't know if they've asked Gerald McCoy to take a pay cut. I don't know if Gerald McCoy is willing to take a pay cut, but um, based on how it sounds, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So we'll see, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, I do think that Gerald... I would like to see him take a pay cut personally because I think, you know, in his nine, eight seasons or whatever it has been in Tampa, his defensive coaches have been horrible. And now he's finally got a good defensive staff and a good defensive scheme uh, and some, some players to build around on the defensive line and possibly even another player coming in, in the draft or players in the draft. Um, I, I would like to see it. I would like to see how he performs, but, um, ultimately, you know, they, uh, yeah, they need the money and, um, yeah. it's either going to be that, you know, you got to take a pay cut, or, um, you know, it, or you won't be here. It's, I mean, they could, they could use that 13 million right now. Um, I mean, not, not only to design your draft picks, but I mean, that also gives you a little bit more flexibility with some more depth guys if you want, would like to sign up, you know? Yeah. So, kinda... um, go ahead. Kind of jumping back towards free agency a little bit, I uh, wanted to talk about some of the moves we haven't gotten a chance to discuss yet here on the show. Uh, of course, the Buccaneers did sign former Titans quarterback Blaine Gabbert, obviously the successor to Jameis Winston. I mean, he's going to come oh, in apparently. here. He's going to be a starter week one. Um, I mean, that's just, you know, that's what I would assume reading everyone's okay. reactions to signing a third-string quarterback that's going to fight for a backup position in camp. I don't know why everyone's so upset about it. Uh, because Maybe you they, can they recognize well, they they recognize the Blaine Gabbert as 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 a bust. Yeah, that's like if that's like if the Bucks signed Blake Bortles. Like Blake Bortles is probably a decent backup, right? Like it's it's different being a backup, you know. Yeah. Everybody assumes, you know, when you're talking about draft busts, you know, 
Jake Locker, Christian Ponder, <laughs> uh, Blaine Gabbert, you know, D- and they, D- they see that they sign Blaine Gabbert and they go, you know, oh, what's this? Or, you know. You ever seen that uh, that Verizon commercial a couple of years back with Luke McCown? And he's just he, he's got his full Saints uniform on, and he's talking about how Verizon has uh, these like yeah. backup generators. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. like, you know, just in case they ever use them, they could be some of the strongest generators ever. He's like, man, if only they gave those backups <laughs> a chance. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, I, I remember that commercial now. Yeah, when you when you first when you first said it, I didn't remember, but now that you're you're explaining it, I remember being in the Saints uniform and. Yeah, isn't he on like the the cell tower or something yeah. one time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Only they yeah, well, backups a chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and Blaine Gabbert's going to get a chance not not to start, but but to be the backup. And um, you know, Ryan Griffin. Everybody, you know, they like Griffin, but yet again, the big bugaboo with him, he hasn't played in an NFL regular season game. He has not taken one snap. You seriously don't know what you have because the only thing you've seen is in is practice. What, three or four preseasons. Well, okay, but it's in practice or it's against third, fourth stringers. You know, you've never seen whether he can be relied upon. A backup quarterback isn't. You know, it's not always going to be Nick Foles. It's not always going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, they're not. They're not expected to come in and almost save the season. Nick Foles winning a Super Bowl. You know. Oh, um, man. They're not expected to do that. A backup quarterback should come in and win one or two games. Hopefully your quarterback isn't out any more than three, four games, and the backup hopefully can go 500 in those games. That That's what a backup is. So they got to find out whether Ryan Griffin can do that against first-string talent, and they haven't yet. So yeah, if Ryan Griffin has another good camp, it's going to make for an interesting competition. We'll see. Obviously, Gabbert has more experience, but you know Griffin. Griffin's gonna get a fair shot. This, this is gonna be this is gonna be a, a pretty good battle here. Oh yeah, definitely something excited to watch for in camp. Now, some other potential free agency moves that we haven't really heard back from. Two things I wanted to touch on. Uh, one is linebacker Darren Lee out of the New York Jets camp over there. Um, Bucks had some interest in him. I know that was a rumor floating around for a while. I haven't heard anything on it in a few days. Uh, maybe if there are any updates, if it's looking more or less likely, uh, you could fill us in there. I I, I really haven't heard anything. Um, I know that the Bucks are one of the teams. I believe it's the Bucks, the Browns, the Broncos. Somebody else, I believe, was rumored to have interest. Um, I want to say the could Chargers? I, it might be somebody like that, but um, it could happen. It, it couldn't. You know, It wouldn't surprise me either way. The reported asking price from the Jets is a third-round pick, which is a Jeez. bit high, considering, um, considering Darren Lee is in the final year of his rookie contract. And yes, while you could pick up his fifth-year option, I mean, that's going to be like $10 million. So I don't know if you'd want to do that for, you know, to give him a third-round pick to, to have him just for two right. years, but also give him a raise almost. So um, I think the Jets are wanting a third. Teams are offering probably fourth and fifth-round picks. Uh, I, I have, do not know if the Bucks have offered anything, but... I mean, it makes sense. You know, Darren Lee is a is a young linebacker, uh, a guy who is familiar with Todd Bowles' system, and uh, we'll see what happens. If if they, I mean, you know, free agency tells you a lot, right? Um, Blaine Gabbert, they signed Blaine Gabbert, they re-signed Ryan Griffin. What does that tell you? They're likely not drafting a quarterback. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if they if they trade for Darren Lee, 
they're honestly likely not drafting Devin White or Devin Bush, um, yeah. which which could mean that they two one of two things. One, they feel confident that Quinn Williams or Josh Allen is going to be there, and we'll get to we'll get to the draft talk here in a little bit. But um, two that they can trade down, acquire more picks, and still get a solid football player wherever they stand. That isn't Devin White or Devin Bush. So we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I haven't heard anything, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they got him. I wouldn't be surprised if he went elsewhere. So it does yeah. sound like the Jets are shopping him, though. So uh, we'll keep you guys updated, though. Yeah, and that's something you brought up as well. Uh, when it comes to Darren Lee, if you bring a guy like that to your system, it eliminates the need for a pick of Devin White or Devin Bush mm-hmm. at number five. Now, as much as I would like to bring Devin White in, Darren Lee's already a fairly talented player. We kind of know what he's going to bring to the table. And then it, of course, opens up room for you to draft a guy like Ed Oliver, Quinnen Williams, or Josh Allen, or whoever's there at five. Yeah. Um, well, I think, well, the thing is, for me, like, personally... Um, kind of kind of gets rid of the Gerald McCoy situation in itself, too. Or I think it clears up a little bit there. How they can't explain that one to me. Well, I mean, you bring in a linebacker, it eliminates the need to draft a linebacker. You draft yourself a defensive tackle or a lineman or whoever's there. Uh, okay, okay. Kind of answers a yeah. little bit more questions I mean, about what they're going to do with Gerald McCoy. To me, honestly, uh, first year Devin White might be better than Darren Lee. Not going to lie, but. Um, oh, I agree with you. The, the thing is that you'd be investing a top five pick in Devin White, and you're only. You can give a fifth round pick for Darren Lee. It's. I would rather do that, honestly. Um, I think Devin White's a good football player, but the, the gap isn't that far. Like Devin White is better than Darren Lee. It probably will be for years to come, but the gap isn't that much farther to where, oh, I mean, I, I got to take White at five. I can't give a, a fourth or fifth for Lee. No. Um, so basically, you know, would you rather have Darren Lee, no fifth-round pick, Darren Lee and Quinn Williams, or would you rather have just Devin White and a fifth-round pick? So, that's basically what it is, right? Um, you, you and, know, like, Darren, and like you said, just like you said, you know, with defensive tackle, if they draft Ed Oliver, that's not good news for Gerald McCoy. They draft Quinn Williams, not good news for Gerald McCoy. Um, obviously, if they draft an edge, I think that's better news because Gerald McCoy doesn't play edge, so it doesn't really affect him as much. Uh, that could be bad news for a guy like Carl Nassib if they would draft an edge. But um, yeah, definitely, that's why you know. Mock drafts before free agency are pointless, you know? Yeah. And and that's something else, too. And On the opposite end of the spectrum, when it comes to Gerald McCoy, I like the idea of him staying around. I'm not saying that I want him to leave. I want him out of Tampa. You know, there's better talent in the draft because, of course, there's going to be younger talent in the draft. But for Gerald McCoy, at his sake, obviously $13 million is a lot. I think when you're only averaging, what, five or six sacks a year for the past three or four years, $13 million is quite a lot. But he's he's so smart. And B.A. said it himself. You can see the passion that he has for the game, for Tampa, for the Bucks, all that good stuff. And I think for a guy like Vita Vea to just kind of be around that, you know, Gerald McCoy, I don't want to say he's consistently one of the best defensive tackles in the league, but he's widely regarded is one of the better guys in that position, uh, probably top 10, maybe top five if you really want to go that far. But the football IQ and the experience that's there, I think for some of that to rub off on Vita Vea, who even before he had his highlight reel 
uh, highlight real plays, we were talking about how strong he was last year. This dude is ridiculously strong. So to combine that with, you know, just some of the stuff that Gerald McCoy knows and that he's accustomed to and, and what we know him for, which is just a very high football IQ, a guy who's, who's uh, been around the block more than once, that's a good combination. But when it comes down to business I mean, and getting things done on the field, putting up sack numbers, you're kind of you're, you're kind of getting to the other end of the spectrum there when, when Gerald McCoy. He's got a lot of pros and cons, and I think right now the cons outweigh the pros, especially when you talk about his asking price. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be up to Gerald pretty much, you know. I mean, obviously it's the Bucks' decision as well, but, you know, in a pay cut situation like that, it's, you know, honestly, you sort of got to convince, if you're the Bucks, you basically have to say, you know, hey, like, if you stay at a reduced salary, you could be playing with this and basically show him, you know, Gerald McCoy has one of the interior defensive linemen line up right over the guard. Vitave is the nose tackle, line up like right over the center. Quinn Williams as the other interior defensive lineman. JPP and Carl Nassib rushing outside with Levante David Mixon in there. And then a guy like Darren Lee, Kevin Minter, Levante David Mixon in the middle with, you know, a secondary of um, Carlton Davis, Vernon Hargreaves, and another guy we'll, we'll mention probably next. Um, uh, I think you know where I'm going with that. And then obviously oh, yeah. the safeties. Justin Evans, Jordan Whitehead, you basically have to convince Joe McCoy that, hey, it's a good idea to take a pay cut because if you do, this could happen. But um, we'll see what happens. You know, it's a business first. He's He's got, he's got to take care of his family. I know a lot of people say, oh, he's probably made tons of money. He has. But, um, you know, you, about it's always a business. It's, yeah, it's always it's always a business, you know. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I think McCoy's best days are over, but that doesn't mean he's not a good player. I still think he's a good player. He's a, he used to be a great one. I don't think he's a great one anymore. But uh, I would like to see him just in in a, in a different defensive scheme uh, this season with the Bucks. But we'll see what happens. And above all that, I would personally like to see him retire as a Buccaneer because it means something you different know, <clears throat> when you have a player play their entire career for one team. It says a lot. Yeah, I know. But in in this day and age, yeah. you don't see it much. You know. Yeah. Um. I mean, Mike Allstott retired as a Buck. Rondé Barber retired as a Buck. Derek Brooks, technically, I guess you could say he retired as a Buck, but he was released, and then he decided to retire. Um, so, I mean, it, it's rare, man. You know, it doesn't. Um, it's always nice to see that, but at the end of the day, it's a business, and you gotta, you gotta understand that. Even, so, even the great Joe Montana left San Francisco behind yeah, after so he, long, you know, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, everybody changes teams. It's not, um, you know, obviously guys like Tom Brady or whatever, it's, those are rare, you know. Um, Rob Gronkowski was, was nearly traded last year, right? I, I um, remember Gronk basically came out and said that if he was traded, he'd retire. Yeah, I mean, th- those guys just, you know, um, I don't think, if you were asking a year a year uh, ago, I don't think many people would think Antonio Brown would be a Raider and stuff like that. But um, Beyond Bell would be a New York Jet. Yeah, I mean, it happens. You know, a lot of most of these players, unless you're a quarterback, most if you're a franchise quarterback, you're most likely going to stick with one team. Um, but I mean, hey, it happens. You know, Peyton Manning, Colts. He was the Colts, right? Face of the Colts. Now he was with the Broncos. 
So it does happen. Um, just a business, and we'll see what happens. Definitely. Now, moving on to this other bit of free agency news we didn't get a chance to touch on. It's another potential thing, um, but a name that's been floating around. This is New York Jets cornerback Morris Claiborne. Uh, as far as we know, the Bucks have made an offer to him, and he's just asking a little bit more than what we're willing to give him. Do I have that right? Uh, yeah, so J.C. Cornell of the Draft Network had put out, and I mean, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, who's he? You know, I've never heard of him. Um, he has a lot of connections with the Bucks now because he has some connections with regarding Bruce Arians. Um, so he, you know, he was like on top of the Bruce hire. Like he, like yeah, man, he was the is, first one that mentioned it. And this um, is really, uh, he's been covering things for quite a while, but I think this is the first off season where, you know, he was, he, he was spot on with the BA hire, as you said. And I think that really mm-hmm. kind of burst him into the spotlight of a lot of Bucks fans who didn't know who he was in the past. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, um, most of the tweets he puts out when he puts out scoops, they're they're mostly true. And uh, yeah, he had put out that the the Bucks were um, were negotiating with Morris Claiborne a few days ago, and then he said that the Bucks have offered Morris Claiborne a one year deal for the league minimum, and he wants a bit more. So um, talks will continue, and uh, just uh, stay tuned for that. But Bucks are. Bucks are looking for their veteran corner, like like we uh, like we suspected. Oh yeah, definitely. So I, I'm hoping that plays out the way that it does, um, because signing a veteran corner is something we've stressed on since free agency even started, since before the off season. You know, one of the biggest things that <clears throat> we stressed the Bucks needed to do was signing a veteran presence in that secondary, because for whatever reason, people still think the Bucks are going to pick secondary at number five, but you don't want Not another rookie happen. running around back there. It yeah, just makes things more confusing, and with things already switching around in the playbook and a different defense being called, you're going to get a lot of different looks, a lot of stuff that's going to have to be learned, and another rookie isn't going to do anyone any favors. And, I mean, in Claiborne's case, like, he played in this defense last year, so, like, he's he's been in it for two years now. Um, his tackling is, is okay. That's probably the worst part of his game. He's a good uh, man-to-man guy, um, and many... And thought, you know, if, if he does end up coming to Tampa, obviously it's not a done deal, but he is, they are negotiating right now. Um, if he does end up coming to Tampa, it would come full circle. Because throwback to the 2012 draft, and many, including myself, thought that, that he would be coming to Tampa actually when the Bucks, the last time the Bucks had the fifth pick. Uh, yeah. The Bucks ended up, uh, they ended up trading back to seven um, with the Jaguars. The Jaguars went up to take Justin Blackman. And uh, then the Cowboys ended up moving up to six right in front of the Bucks, taking Morris Claiborne, and the Bucks ended up taking uh, Mark Barron. Claiborne really didn't end up working out with the Cowboys. Um, a lot of inconsistency, some injuries there. Uh, but then he's found a, a decent home with the Jets. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll be a, likely it'll be another one-year deal. Uh, but, yeah, we, we will... We will see what happens, and uh, I would assume they would like to get that done before the draft, but you, you never know. Yeah. Now, another scoop from our buddy J.C. Cornell. Um, for a long time, I think we had all kind of thought that Devin White was going to be you know, the front runner for number five, but uh, apparently that's not the case. It looks like Quinnen Williams is basically the top of the Bucks draft board right now, and if he's not there at pick number five, they're probably going to take Devin White, but... 
let me ask you something about that scenario. Let's say for whatever reason, I can't imagine it comes to this point, but for whatever reason, Josh Allen is on the board and Quinn and Williams are not. They're going to pick Allen over Devin White, correct? <laughs> I would assume so. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I know I'm throwing a lot of hypotheticals <clears throat> in there, but I'm just I'm I'm thinking anything. Can I mean, happen I on mean, draft on day. their on their on their draft board, White was never number one on their draft board. It's just their realistic thing, right? I'm pretty sure, like a guy like Nick Bosa is probably number one. Um, and then Quinn and Williams is probably two. But then once you get to three, that's where I think Devin White might be. And um, I think it's close between him and Josh Allen. The fact that uh, the Bucks sent Todd Bowles to Josh Allen's pro day was, was a big indicator. I mean, you know, do you, when you send the, the defensive coordinator out there, that's that means that you, are, you do have interest. Uh, they, they also, I believe, have a visit set up with Josh Allen. So they def, they're definitely interested in him. I would assume that if Josh Allen is available, um, that he would be the pick over Devin White. But uh, I think Quinn Williams is more likely, to be honest with you. Um, we found out tonight that like there's rumors floating around that Josh Rosen's likely to be moved, and Kyler Murray to Kyler Murray to Arizona is. I told you, I, I you kept saying oh, no. it wasn't real. No, 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 no. I, I didn't say it wasn't <laughs> real. I just had heavy doubts that something like that would happen. And then you know, so Kyler Murray goes one. So that's you know the Cardinals not taking a defensive lineman. The the 49ers go go with Bosa. Okay, the Bucks were never really expected to go Bosa, but then when you get to three with the Jets, it's when it gets interesting because the Jets are basically saying that they are open for business. Like they're ready to, oh, yeah. they're ready to sell that pick. And team comes up for Haskins, just sitting there. Drew Locke sitting there. Team could come up. Hey, you know if if a team trades up, the the Bucks are going to get Quinn Williams or or Josh Allen. So. Um, yeah, they definitely prefer Quinn Williams over um, Devin White and Josh Allen. So um, if he's there, he's going to be the pick. But um, we'll see what happens. You know, they do love Devin White. Um, I don't think they're going to trade down just be, unless they get a, a, a really, really good offer. Because I think they think that Devin White is a, a potential superstar. And um, that you know he's he's similar to Quan in his play, but he has a higher ceiling than Quan. Um, he can tackle better than Quan. When, 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 when his contract's up, when his contract's up, I don't think the Bucks are going to have any problem paying him ten plus million. You know, if he if he does indeed get drafted by by Tampa. Um, obviously, the, the drafts are less than a month away, so we're going to find out soon. But uh, oh yeah, you know you you may hear some things. You know, oh, the Bucks are interested in Montez Sweat. They're going to draft him. Bucks are interested in, in Rashawn Gary. They're looking at him. It's smoke screen time, you know. Um, but Quinnen Williams has been rumored for a while to be like, like they they love Quinnen Williams, and obviously we know they love Devin White. So, um, yeah, if if that stuff happens, um, also another situation where no trades happen. Uh, the Raiders, the, the Raiders, I do think that the Raiders really like Devin White. I, I really do. Um, and so much that I don't think they would pass on Josh Allen for Devin White. But if Josh Allen isn't on the board, I think they might pass up Quinn and Williams for, for Devin White. So, um, 
like I said, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, the biggest thing is, obviously, I would say believe this. But in the next coming weeks, you might hear some some pretty crazy rumors. I, I wouldn't put, put too much stock into everything you read. Now, I know you had literally just said don't put too much stock into any rumors you might hear. And sorry about that soothing sound of running water. That was my phone popping up an ad when I clearly didn't want it to. Um, <laughs> but a rumor that I've seen coming around is, uh, and I might be pronouncing this incorrectly, but it's Jockey Polite, right? Jakai Polite. Jakai Polite out of Florida, defensive end. Yep. He had a terrible combine. And uh, for him, he, he's still a talented player. The, the combine isn't going to make or break your NFL stock. Maybe your draft stock, yeah, as we've clearly seen with this guy, but it's not going to determine whether you succeed in the league or not. I've seen theory, I've seen rumors of him dropping down the second or even third round. If the Bucks get what they want at number five, let's say they do pick up a Quinnen Williams or a Josh Allen, I can imagine that it kind of eliminates the need for a guy um, like Jockey Polite in the second round. I mean, if he's available at the second round, I feel like that's a steal in itself, but... Can you imagine they go that way or not? Nah? Dude, Jakai was one of my favorite players coming into this draft. He has hurt himself so much. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a prospect hurt his stock this much in this short of time. That, he went that's from what I'm in, saying, too. He it's, went from it's like, it's before the combine. Before the combine, he was a projected top 15, top 20 pick. Now they're saying he could possibly go as low as the fifth round. Um, what did he even he, do? Like I know he had well, an awful his, combine. His, well, his it was his, his interviews uh, because he has some off-field issues. He's uh, the rumor was that when teams confronted him about the off-field issues, he sort of got snappy. Um, uh. He sort of took it took offense to that. Um, yet he did not. He rumored. I'm not accusing him of this, but. It's rumored that he had faked an injury in order to not run the 40 because he was scared that he was going to run a bad time. It ends up that at his pro day, I'm not sure the official time, but I believe the pro day was either today or yesterday. It was awful. Uh, They said he had put on weight. He looks like a defensive tackle now. Um, Good God! Yeah, it's so. At this point, if he's good. available third, fourth round, you're not even willing to take a chance. Oh, I'd take a chance. I mean, Bruce Arians would take a chance, right? Um, I mean, he he's shown on tape that he's talented. It's just, you know, I wouldn't touch him in the first three rounds. Okay. If I if I'm if I'm Tampa in the situation, I wouldn't touch him in the first three rounds. If he's there in round four, I'd probably take him. But I yeah, I I wouldn't touch him. That's crazy, man. So he acknowledges the terrible combine, and as far as I heard, he still considers himself a first-round talent. Um, he, I mean, he basically just said His he wasn't ready good. mentally. His tape is good. Like that's the thing. It's just the the mental side and the the you know the the work effort side is is what's being questioned. Yeah. So what I'm seeing here. Uh, regarding the pro day, it says Gators defensive end Jakai Polite uh, pulled up hurt after a poor first 40 at pro day. Barely cracked five seconds. So now he has ice tape to his right quad. He's probably done for the day. I'm pretty sure he didn't practice or uh, he didn't exercise at all for the rest of the pro day. So, yeah, man, that's tough. 
Yeah, I believe he ran the official number. I think it was a four nine one, which um, uh, Quinn Williams, I believe, ran like a four eight two or something. And Jakai Polite's considered an edge rusher. Quinn Williams is an interior defensive lineman. I think Vita Vea actually might have ran close to a four nine one. Now I- I've got a buddy of mine. Um, he was a defensive end at Armwood High School. He was number one on the ESPN 300 his senior year of high school. Byron Cowart is his name. Um, I played him twice in high school. I have never had a human being physically manhandle me the way that he did. If he wanted to get to my quarterback, (laughs) he just picked me up and moved me over. Like, it was one of those things. Um, He went to Auburn. He was at Auburn for two years, I believe. Uh, Started for a little while. Got in trouble for weed. Transferred to Maryland, finished up at Maryland. What a terrible time to go to Maryland, right? Finished up at Maryland this past year. And I'm pretty sure he didn't work out at the Combine, but he was at the Combine this year. Uh, so I want to try and reach out to him and, and kind of ask how that experience was for him. Obviously, after the draft and all of that's done. But the Combine, is it's a pretty serious test of, of not only your physical fitness, but just your mentality. Yeah, and I can honestly, imagine that if you don't go in there with the right mindset, you're going to fall behind quickly. Honestly, the combine for teams, how teams look at the combine, isn't even the physical stuff because they know what you can do. They've seen your tape countless of times. Yeah, the combine is those meetings. Those meetings are huge, right? Those ten to fifteen meetings, and then the pre-draft visits. Those are the things that determine. You've seen what they can do on tape, right? Yeah. You need to figure out if you're going to take a guy with your first round pick, you got to find out the character that this guy has. Right? You cannot miss on the character. You can miss on the player talent wise, right? If a player's talented, he ends up not working out. Okay. If he turns out to be a bad character, a bad guy, that's awful. And, and, that's, and that's something that a GM should never miss on. Uh, that, that's inexcusable. Yeah. Um, you always have to figure out. What kind of character? And for Ja'Kai Polite, this has been a nightmare offseason. It's rough, man. It really is rough. But it'd be interesting to get in the head of one of those rookies coming in and just kind of see how that process went for him. So maybe I'll see if I can reach out to Byron. Um, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But one last thing before we kind of wrap up and get out of here that uh, I wanted to bring up was if you guys hadn't, Bruce Arians basically had a sit-down little press conference uh, just a couple of days ago. He kind of talked about everything up until this point in the offseason regarding Gerald McCoy, as we had just talked about, regarding guys like Vernon Hargraves and Carlton Davis. And I wanted to talk about some of the things that he said um, regarding a lot of different matters on the teams. Um, Let me see if I can find this. So uh, Bruce Arians basically came out. uh, He's got confidence in Carlton Davis and Vernon Hargraves. Excuse me is the Buccaneers' outside corner. So he needs to find a nickel who can play man coverage inside so he can keep Hargraves outside. And, I mean, for Vernon Hargraves, he's coming off of another injury. He's a guy that I said was going to step up last year, but now he's got even more weight on his shoulders to just go in there and do his job this year. But I'm confident he can figure it out. Right? I mean, you know, Bruce Arians said that they're going to be the outside corners. Um, because um, Vernon Hargraves and press coverage is a thing of beauty. Yeah, I know. It's just 
I don't believe it because they're still negotiating with Morris Claymore. So until until they have a deal finalized with him, if they get a deal finalized, Morris Claiborne's likely going to be the outside corner with Carlton Davis. And Vernon Hargrave's likely going to play a nickel. That's just what it is. They can't say that right now because they're still negotiating with Morris Claiborne. They don't want to give anything away. I think and, at this point um, I still prefer VH3 in the nickel. Yeah, I would too. I, I think he's good. I think he's good in the nickel. Um, maybe transition outside eventually, maybe like mid-season, right? If, if he's if he's doing well in the nickel, maybe move him outside. Have some looks with Claiborne in the nickel, even though Claiborne's more of a lengthy corner. He's not the best in the nickel. Um, but see what you have in Hargraves because um, – I know it seems like, you know, like, whoa, like it's already that time. The Bucks have to decide on a fifth-year option for Hargraves here kind of soon. Um, they they do. They have to decide on, on, on a fifth-year option. Now, what they can do, they can have a fifth play, pick up his fifth-year option, but it doesn't become guaranteed until a certain date, just like Jameis Winston's. I believe it's when a new, year, new league year sets in. That's when it becomes guaranteed. So that's why a lot of people are saying, you know, hey, they could get rid of Jameis and not and be off the hook for twenty million dollars. They could. I mean, they, they they could have. So I'm not sure what the what the option is for Hargraves. I know it's not twenty million because he's not a quarterback. Um, but uh, yeah, big year coming up for Vernon Hargraves. But uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I would expect there to be some changes to what Bruce Arians said, just because. I expect them to add a, another corner that's likely going to be an outside guy. Definitely, definitely. We just got to see how that plays out, but uh, I'm excited either way. A guy like Mo Claiborne, I think he could do some good things on that defense. Uh, another point that B.A. brought up, uh, Bruce Arians not only has hired two women into full-time roles in his Bucks coaching staff, um, but he's ready for that to not be a big deal. He said the fact that their gender is different, who gives a shit? And I think that's as well as he could have put it. That's all I've heard about since that move has been made. And I mean, I'm talking from fellow Bucks outlets. We get two stories a day on if the Bucks and their fans are ready for female coaches. It doesn't matter because they're already here. So you either have to be or you just you're going to have a terrible time bitching about it the whole time. You know what I, I mean? I don't understand that. It. it doesn't matter. Just like he was saying. If you, just, can coach, if you can coach, you can coach. It doesn't matter if they're assistants. Well, I know. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. Why I think people are blowing it out of proportion <laughs> because they're expecting these coaches to come in and be at a bigger capacity than they are. They're what? One of them's a, one of them's an assistant defensive line, and the other one is a assistant um, strength and conditioning, right? I mean. Uh, yeah, I believe so. It, they're not going to come in and dictate if this team performs well on the field. They're just, if they can coach, they can coach. You, you said it the best right there. That's all you got to say about it. But yeah, you know, let's hope they come in here and do a good job. So uh, that's all we're going to say about it too, because that's all that needs to be said. Um, last but not least, Bruce Arians said a lot of good things and uh, a lot of things that make you feel good about the season upcoming. Um, Someone had asked him about the Bucks' playoff drought. He responded. He said, we're going to win. Uh, we're going to win now. Don't be afraid of it. He said, get off of the fence and jump in the pool. 
Um, another thing he said that really kind of topped it all off for me, almost the icing on the cake. He said, we have one team, one cause. If you ain't on that cause, you ain't on the team. That's it. If you're not buying into that accountability to win that trophy, you're not going to be a buck. I don't care who you are. And that's the best way he could have put it. We've said before that he wants guys on his team that care about winning and care about turning things around. He just wants some guys who care about winning football games. And that's exactly what he's going to try and get. And I'm here for it, man. I'm excited. We, uh, I think we've got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, hey, that was a... It should be music to Bucks fans' ears, you know. And I know a lot of them are going to say, "Well, you know, there's been coaches in the past that have said, yeah, we're going to win,' and they end up not winning." Yeah, that's true. But I, you know, nobody has the experience Bruce Arians does. No former, you know, head coach of the Buccaneers. Um, and when he says something, it, it holds some credibility. It definitely does. Uh, Hopefully that that confidence rubs off on the players because that's ultimately you know the coach coaching's huge right but coaching can all can still only get you so far which I mean yes Dirk Cutter was not the best option for the Bucks but he wasn't the the sole reason that the Buccaneers were bad you know um, it, Jason Light was partly to blame and then the players are partly to blame um, everybody contributed to to the Bucks being bad for the past two years or so. Um, and, uh, you know, him coming out and saying that was basically, I mean, the, the question was, you know, what is your message to the fans? And that was, I mean, I, I guess a lot of fans were like, oh, that's the basic answer. You're right. You're not going to say, oh, well, we're going to try. Uh, we, we might not win, but, but we'll, we'll try. You know, um, seven and nine is, uh, you're seven and nine, very yeah. realistic this year. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think we're a 500 team. Yeah. That, that's a great, <laughs> way, that's a great way to sell tickets. Um, yeah, that's. If if they're not thinking, you know, and that's the thing, that's and that's the difference between Bruce Arians and the past head coaches. If you're not thinking Super Bowl, not playoffs. I don't care about playoffs. If you're not thinking about the Super Bowl, then there's no point. You know, um, teams like the Saints and Patriots, they don't care about the playoffs. They care about the Super Bowl, right? I mean, obviously, you have to get to the playoffs to get to the Super Bowl. That's a given, right? But you see all these good teams, and even around sports, right? It does not matter. The only thing that matters is winning the ring. Well, if you don't win, it doesn't matter. And, and that's what Bruce Arians has basically been trying to say. And if you did watch the all-or-nothing thing with the yeah, Arizona was, Cardinals on just gonna bring Amazon that up. Prime, he said, you know, we we have one goal and that's putting the effing ring on our finger, right? If a Super if Bowl ring, not a Super Bowl, because we don't go to lose that bitch. Yeah, exactly. And if you guys haven't watched it, I would suggest you do it. It's fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, don't take his parking spot again. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, he'll yeah, you're gone. Um <laughs> if any yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mike Evans has been released because he took Bruce Harrington's parking spot. Um <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, he's been, he's saying all the right things, you know, and um, yeah, there's there's a thing on YouTube that I've seen, and we'll, we'll wrap it up with this probably. There's a thing on YouTube, and I'm gonna ask you, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a little thing, okay? 
All right, so we're gonna play knock knock. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say all right, so 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 I'm gonna say knock knock. And and I'm gonna say who's there? Second place. Second place, who? Exactly. Nobody remembers who second place is. That was deep. No, nobody remembers who deep, second Evan. place is. All right. Nobody. Nobody <laughs> no, you're cares. Right. You're right. Nobody cares who second place is. Right. You're not going to look up who lost the Super Bowl last year. Oh, the Rams did. You're going to look up. Oh, the Patriots. They won the Super Bowl last year, didn't they? Yeah. You're not going to think about the team that lost. Who did they beat? Oh, the Rams. That sucks. Yeah, that's all you're going to think about. And then you're going to be back on to talk about the Patriots. Nobody cares about second place. Definitely. And that's I, that's basically what he said. He said, we're not playing for second. We're, we're playing for the trophy. Yeah. I think it's the best message he could have put out there. You and I said, he said a lot of good things, but Bucks fans, it is time to get excited about what's going to be brought to the table. Not only by B.A. and this new coaching staff, not only by the free agent signings that guys who I think can do fairly well on the football field, not only by the rookies that the Bucks are going to draft here in a couple of weeks, but just by everything coming together. I think we need to rally up and we need to get excited about what's happening because come this time a month from now, we're going to have quite a lot to talk about. And uh, Yeah, they're going to have a this, – this time next month, March. it's March 27th right now, so April 27th. The, at this time, the draft will be over, and they will have a full draft class. And basically, you're basically going to be talking about guys. You know, right now that we signed an undrafted free agents. Um, I would just a side note. I would expect them to probably sign an undrafted free agent quarterback, sort of like they did last year um, with, uh, I believe, Austin Allen last year. I think, uh, and and Sefo Tufau or whatever his name is, Lufau, something like that. The year before. Um, so I would expect them to, to sign a, a undrafted phrase and quarterback, you know, and just add depth, you know, um, we'll see what happens, you know, but, uh, yeah, we're going to basically tell, be able to tell where this team is headed, uh, a, a month from now. So let's get excited. Bucks fans, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump in the pool. Let's do it. Let's get excited and, uh, see what this team has to offer. But folks, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, whether it's on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean.com. You can follow the show on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Cannon Fire Pod. You can follow my co-host at Bucks Way, formerly Bucks Football, on Instagram and Twitter as well. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T. AKUS. And the beautiful thing about the video portion of our show is that if you're watching on YouTube, all of this information is on top of the screen. Technology is amazing. Check out our partners at pewterreport.com for some of the best Bucks coverage in the game. I am Rhett, signing off for Evan, and we'll see you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.